This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Welcome to Turning a New Leaf, where we discuss the changing face of Canada as it prepares to legalize and regulate recreational cannabis across the country. Turning a New Leaf is produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. Enjoy. So welcome to the episode. Today's episode airs only a few weeks, three, I think, until uh, actual legalization, which is kind of crazy. We've been doing this for almost a year and we're almost there. Today's guest is pretty special, but I can't tell you who it is. He has to remain anonymous and you'll find out why in just a second. Currently, our guest works as a community activist, but his past life is the reason he's here today. As described, he's been spent 25 years in organized crime as a marijuana dealer, and he's suggested that in many ways it was his life's work, of course, up to a point. So when we chatted about doing the podcast, one of the things that he said to me was, the scars have healed and it's time he can talk about it. So we're here today and that's where we're going to start. So first, what I wanted to talk about was your past. Now you told me that you started uh, in 1984. And I'm guessing that there was a very different time in 1984. So what I want to hear about is how does a guy in 1984 start selling marijuana and what was that like? Well, at the time, uh, I seem to remember at, as the uh, as a, as a, as a good uh, as the best possible option in probably not a great scenario. Uh, the best possible option to make money. You mean? Yeah, to make money. Yeah, yeah. And so, you how do you how does somebody get into that? Well, it's there's a need for it. People seem to. I mean, if the people want it, yeah, and people need it. And back, you know, probably well, not just that particular epoch or that time, but you know, accessing it hasn't always been a, a safe. A safe, you know, it's it's not a safe. There, you know, varying degrees of dangerous, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's never been like a completely safe environment. So, uh, in my situation, I had a lot of friends interested in that and that product uh, and wanted it, and and accessing it was uh, difficult, and yeah. uh, it uh, it was a natural step for me to walk into that role and and deal with who needed to be dealt with to act to access that product yeah, um, and get it to my friends. Uh, and so it was nice and safe and easy for them. And they had, they, they got their gear and had a good time and didn't have to deal with any craziness. And I did the, did the craziness interference and got paid for that. And how old would you have been? 17. 17. Holy shit. So at 17 years old, you're dabbling in, in dealing. I'm guessing it starts off pretty innocent. I, I don't know. I guess for me, it was, I, I just didn't, uh, I didn't care. I had a, a, an irreverence to the, to that particular law. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm a bit of a personal freedom person and I, I never, I never saw that as a, as being a harmful, as I certainly saw it a lot less harmful uh, as alcohol, uh, which has never been a, a real big deal with me. I don't, it's not my, I don't like that. Yeah. It's not my thing. 
So the drug, like you mean? No, the, no, we, 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 you know, we, we knew what we were doing was yeah. against the law. You know, the uh, we were, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what the what the actual uh, criminal code was offering up back then. I, I think it was, you know, it's not too different than it is now. But people yeah. were getting, people were doing the weekend uh, in the slammer. Oh yeah. For uh, for an ounce, you know, you could you could be looking at at jail time for. You know, and, and certainly back in the eighties, people were doing jail time for for trafficking marijuana. You know, there's this whole Canadian Drug Strategy Act that came in right. the eighties, and it was illegal for me to tell you how to grow weed. You know, that was that was real in the mid eighties. So yeah, and we're, wasn't the whole thing in the eighties? And I would love for you to describe to me your your memory and version of what it was like in the 80s because when we talked earlier you were saying that you know you couldn't even wear a shirt that had marijuana on it for a certain period of time yeah there was this uh uh there was there was a business there where you could uh, buy the Jimi hendrix shirts in the in the mall yeah with the marijuana leaves on it and you could buy hash pipes in, in micmac mall or whatever yeah you know anywhere there's several places that you could buy uh, paraphernalia, I guess, is the term for it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they they outright uh, ban that with the Canadian Drug Strategies Act. And uh, so, how familiar would you have been at the time? I mean, again, I'm you know I'm trying to I'm trying to put in my mind this 17 year old kid who's starting to realize he can make some money doing this. You're aware that it's legal, or sorry, illegal, but how aware were you at the time of? how illegal it actually was like were you aware of the risks what what could have happened well you know in the in the beginning it was pretty nickel and dime pretty small time stuff yeah really 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 small time stuff i mean if you're if you're looking at the at the you know pre-organ proceeds of crime act you know this wouldn't you wouldn't be able to fill a tin can with change you know back in the early days so i mean i certainly you know, knowing what the implications were, I mean, for me, when I was getting started, really, I would, all, all I would have to be concerned with is getting caught and doing a weekend in jail and possibly having to be, uh, uh, you know, brought up before a judge, be all discretionary, right? But right. It, you know, as I, I think, I, I was serious. It was the best of a, best of the worlds at the time. There were, the options were worse, if, if that makes sense. So did you and, ever get caught? No, no, never. No, several. No, I haven't. I haven't been pinched for, for trafficking. Um, and uh, they, there has been a couple of sort of half-hearted attempts because the uh, the police are pretty occupied with major crime, like sure, serious crime. You know, moral crimes, guns, and things like that. So I've 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 always managed to to keep my focus on, on on marijuana and it's you know in spite of the laws yeah our uh, local constabulary has been pretty fair when it comes to going after yeah going after the uh the marijuana industry in spite of what we see in the in the in the press and you know these you know people have people have been pretty much left alone i mean they just passed a bylaw to uh to uh, disallow dispensaries in 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 the area, but that's just now three weeks before legalization. <laughs> it's 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 something that's been going on for years. Yeah, you know, if they were serious about getting that down, they would have 
taking it down. Yeah. You know, listening to you say it, one of the things that's kind of striking me a little bit is that when I was 17, the thought of weed using or being around it scared the hell out of me. I don't know why. It's just, you know, it's illegal, it's bad. Um, the first time I ever tried it, I remember feeling like even even after it was smoked, walking around feeling like a cop was going to bust me, knowing somehow that I smoked it. So I had this kind of innate fear, yet well, you seem very aware that what are they going to do? They're going to chase me, really? Like, how does that happen? I think it's uh, a balance, what you have to balance it off with. Uh, I do get, I mean, that's, that's uh, one of the things that has made the... Uh, the industry profitable is the is risk reward you know risk um those that that's the real uh penalty uh, for getting you know if if i sold you marijuana in 1985 and you were a fireman or you were a lawyer or you were a doctor yeah i sold you marijuana and you got picked up for something else you know, right. it could have been by accident. And in most often cases, it would be by accident. Mm. Say you were, you know, driving down the road and you weren't, you weren't high, but there was a gram right. on the seat. Yeah. Well, now you've put the, the, the law enforcement in an awkward position and you've just rolled the dice with your whole future because once you're in the system, once you, once you, once you've been processed, then you could really, you know, lose your job. Mm-hmm. You'd be ineligible for employment in certain sectors, and that body of sectors is growing. So, uh, you know, uh, or has grown up until this point, rather, to be. But you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so if, yeah, yeah. If you actually had something to lose. Yes. If, uh, if, and I, and I, and I sincerely did not. You know, oh, I, I sincerely did yeah. not. Like, this was my, mm-hmm. this was, this was, uh, natural selection type thing like it was uh it was something that i just rolled right into and it was like okay here i am and this is what i'm going to do oh god i have so many questions now (laughs) i mean you have to understand that this this opportunity to chat with you is is i've never had the chance to chat with someone who made a career uh out of this lifestyle and and so there's a part of it what I will, what we'll eventually get to, is what you think about what's happening now, because that's the whole point. But I still want to. I'm, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm just going. I just don't understand how someone falls into this. And and so you did, and you're doing it, and and I'm guessing you know you're making money. Yeah, when I started, I, I just I, I, I just uh, uh, you know it was hash. We were we were dealing hash back in. Oh, so it wasn't the, even weed. The, then. The, the, the weed business hadn't even been really. Really, the weed business wasn't it. Uh, it wasn't going yet. The cannabis cup hadn't been established yet. Yeah, skunk wasn't on the scene yet. Right, the, the hash was much better and much more available than than the weed. But as that industry evolved, uh, it and things got more difficult mm-hmm. on, the, on the hash side of things. Uh, the they replaced they replaced themselves. But yeah. You see it. You see it now with the uh, you know with what's going on in places like well Colorado. It's most obvious. You you see you know hash making a comeback, but yeah. it's locally domestically produced right. hash. 
So at some point in this process, you're making some money and that starts to get a bit more serious. You know, you mentioned earlier, whether you were selling to a lawyer or a fireman. So you sold to these people. Everyone. 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 And the reason I, I took notice of that was, you know, we talk a lot about now, we're all talking about how many people use and you see the studies, what's the percentage of the population that uses. And I find, I've always found it a bit interesting from the perspective that I never feel like that number is big enough. And I, I feel like the number they say, well, I think it's the last I saw was like they say 20% of the population. And I always go, no, that's the 20% that says they do it. <laughs> I think it's higher than that. But, you know, you're laughing. I'm laughing because there's a, there's, there is a, there's a uh, definitely that it's funny. Uh, I'm laughing because it's funny. But, uh, you know, I think that, I think they have their people who tried it numbers pretty good, you know. Um, there might be an uptick in those numbers, and people don't feel that they that they are uh, th- are, are going to be implicating themselves in something that yeah. uh, they might not want to implicate themselves in for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, you know, they <laughs> definitely could see it. I mean, but yeah. you know, those numbers they've grown. They have grown over the years. You know, they've they have grown over the years. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to chronologically go through the growth of what was your business at the time and imagining how this gets a bit more serious for you. And now you've probably got people that work with you. Um, how long were you, were you doing that? Uh, well, um, a long time. Yeah. Like decades. Like 20 plus? 20 plus years. Yeah. yeah. And so... Are there levels? I mean, do you do you become a a, a senior guy in this there's, structure? There's certainly, uh, you know, uh, sections of the industry like growing is a separate yeah. section of the industry, and yeah. wholesaling for a, a lot of people is a is a separate section of the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you wanted to get really sort of into it, get aggressive and serious about it. You know, there's, there's a lot that can be done. Yeah. You you set up access points and you just make sure they're filled and it's not, but it's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, 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 uh, I mean, the product is begging to be sold. It's got wings, right? Right. It wants to go. So as long as you're doing your due diligence, quality and dealing with people who take pride in their work, et cetera. Yeah. Have, uh, decent uh, business acumen yeah uh, you can uh, certainly was a time if you, if you wanted to get into it you could and did you did, oh yeah did you make money oh yeah for, yeah for sure yeah like a lot of money at some points yeah there were times it was making too much money really <laughs> sure hands hands sore at the end of from the day, counting from counting cash yeah couldn't do it in one go on couldn't do it in one go had, had you know, we had thousand dollar bills back then. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the night, when you count your float, your hands are sore. Wow, that's that's crazy to me. But you got to work from ten in the morning till four in the morning, and sure, and and park it for six hours and have some good fun, and then get back to it. It's yeah, it's like any job, I guess. It, you know, it can, it was, it certainly was, mm. it was a job, and the. Uh, I've occupied different parts of it. You know, I, I tried the growing thing. I did that. It was 
It's uh, not really my scene. Yeah. Did you ever get yourself in trouble? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Well, Sorry. I'm listening. Let's. Can you tell me something? Tell me, give me a story. <laughs> well, how low do you want to go? <laughs> Wherever you want. Let's. I'm just let's... kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know, trouble is not a laughing matter. Yeah. But yes, I have gotten myself in trouble. You know, it's uh it's a uh, unforgivable. Well, you know, as we're moving forward, it's it's looking good. But I mean, it uh, at one point, certainly at the peak of my my career, if you would, as a uh, uh, my career by default. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you do something long enough, that's your vocation, right? That's what sure. You, so the uh, you know, it's an unforgiving business. Uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of. Uh, there's not a lot of avenues. That's when. That's when things get really weird. You know, when things mm -hmm. go wrong. You, 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 you think that the worst that's ever going to happen to you is you're going to sit in the back of a police car right. to do a weekend in jail. <clears throat> but there's some really, 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 really crazy people out there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've had my share of run-ins with those, you know. Have you ever um, had to face somebody, um, a parent, uh, anyone that found out that you were the... You were the one that provided this product to someone who maybe shouldn't have had it and someone who got to face you and say what they wanted to say. Has that ever happened? Many times. Really? So how do you... Different circumstances. You know, I've, I've, I've had to deal with the guy who's been lying to his wife where the money's going. He probably has other things going on he's not telling me about. Sure. Things go wrong in that person's world. It's all that guy's fault. Right. You become the scapegoat. Well, you know, there's that. Yeah. There's that. You know, the drugs of, anyway, we, we, we know it. So yeah. the, um, but also too, like on a more personal and probably serious note for other people and other, others can relate to my own, my own brother was somebody that, uh, you know, couldn't be, couldn't, he shouldn't, there were, you know, there he, times in his day-to-day -day activities that he shouldn't be and he wanted to be his his his, his mental health uh you know uh wasn't being benefited by smoking marijuana but he, he he'd, he'd want to and you know he would steal it from me if he had to you know right. I mean, a bit you know bipolar schizophrenia is a uh it's a bad mix right it's a well it's there is something to be said i mean that when they to say that you no know, then they equate Marijuana to mental health issues. They're not lying. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, no, they're not lying. You know, it's uh, when they compete. When 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 we talk about mental health and access to cannabis yeah. and using cannabis, there's there are. I think that's probably the Canadian Medical Association's best position argument if you would yeah, on, on yeah. it they you know it's been tough to get i mean we know that the supreme court demanded that access to be cannabis illegal it was uh, brought down by the supreme court mm -hmm. uh, from a medicinal perspective right yes yeah so wasn't that that's a great segue as for medicinal purposes right however and this 
might have changed since the last time I looked at the books. I'm not sure Health Canada has ever recognized marijuana as medicine. Right. And I think there's a long essay yeah. included in the preamble to getting access to marijuana that sort of suggests we're doing this because the court has told us we have to do this. Right. We'd rather not. So, just so I'm clear, you're suggesting that there are cases or have been cases where marijuana has been a beneficial medicine for people and those people need to have access to that medicine. <clears throat> and so it's been ruled that they can do that. <clears throat> and that's been the beginning of this whole, this whole thing. Certainly uh, chapter two, chapter three or chapter four, we'll call that chapter two from my, from my, from my mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. I, everything started changing in the industry when it was legalized for medicinal use. People selling on the black market, uh, if they were paying attention, would have noticed probably a 50% reduction in sales. Right. Probably about a 20% reduction in profit. Mm -hmm. It was a big hit. Sure. Uh, very few people around would notice the arc because it's not really a trade some people get into and stay in for a long time. But if you were in, in it for a long enough time and you were paying attention, you would have saw it when people started being able to grow in their own homes to fill their own needs. Yeah. Uh, you would have noticed a significant drop yeah. in, in gross sales. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we did, we did all that. We did the stomach cancer patients, the, MS patients, the, the Crohn's patients, all the... So you sold to them? Uh, yes. Wow. So how has that changed for you? What do you mean? Well, you know, if we go back to, you know, starting in 1984, and now here we are a few weeks away from legalization. First of all, what do you even make of that? I mean, you spent a lifetime arguably career's worth of time making this your life's work. And now uh, I'm trying to figure out how to work. Your life's work is being taken over. Certainly a, a legitimate attempt yeah. is being made to take it over. But I think people, um, and when I say people, I mean specifically uh, media, you know, we're trying yeah. to, to trying to study and understand this, and mm -hmm. and you know, people who 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 don't really understand the the uh, the marijuana space and the industry, the the black market, we we can call it, but you know, for it's an industry, it's a hundred year old industry, right. it's not not if not older. Well, yeah, if not older for certain, but the criminal element of it, the under well, sure. certainly started about a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know, unlike alcohol. When they, you know, when they slapped the prohibition on alcohol, they already had a very sophisticated business for manufacture, sale, and distribution of alcohol. They turned that off, and then they turned it back on again, and it became yeah. even more efficient. So it's, it's, there's been no interruptions. We've had a hundred years of, of, uh, of a hundred years of, uh, marijuana uh, industry in Canada has flowed uninterrupted, mm -hmm. be it black market, sure, but it's 
industry nonetheless. And so, yes, the, the, the you know, the term takeover is, is accurate, but at the same time, I think those who are in the licensed marijuana, those seeking to get licenses, yeah, the ones that have them have probably already started to figure it out. As a matter of fact, I think they probably figured it out many years ago. Yeah. There's not the money in it that people probably think there is. Well, that's an interesting perspective because all you hear now, well, I shouldn't say all you hear, but you certainly hear a lot about people that got into this game early from the licensed producers. Some of these people are making millions and millions of dollars. You know, stock prices are skyrocketing. Not everybody, but some of these people are making millions. But you know that people who buy stocks that only pay dividends aren't buying those stocks. Yeah, fair enough. I get. I, I'm thinking more about the people that have started the grow ups. You know, these some of these people, the founders of these licensed producers, who have, I know some of them have been a part of it, and and now they sold out and they're moving on to other things, and they're walking away with millions of dollars in their pockets. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got guys like uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but we've got uh, that wouldn't be fair. No, uh, <laughs> we probably fair. shouldn't do that. But uh, you know, we've got founding members of the licensed marijuana the, the legal mm. the legal pot the legal medicine you've got founding huge you know they've yeah they have gone on to do other things uh, like politics yeah you know? um so I, I guess let me just get back to your point the pol- yeah yeah pol- the politicians yeah uh and they are politicians who uh you know there was this uh Seeing on the in the news today where uh, one of the ministers was observing from Ottawa or a former minister was observing from Ottawa this this unfolding drama on the west coast it was oh yeah it was about the Vancouver police raids the Vancouver police raids on the uh, on, on an outdoor market there. Oh, okay. there's an outdoor market in Vancouver where you can buy pot apparently yeah and the Vancouver police raided it yesterday. And, oh, I didn't uh, hear this. And uh, might have been this morning, but, yeah. but, but recently they raided it. And the a former BC minister who now works for a you know corporate pot in Ottawa had some comment in the paper. But to my point, you know, politicians they they know what they're in for. Yeah, they they know what they're in for. Uh, I don't think they're naive to the reality that they they just couldn't take it over. Like, I mean, I deliberately did not bring several pounds of weed to this meeting right. for, for what should be obvious reasons. Right. But, you know, they, they know what they're dealing with, right? Like, the industry is, as it stands, is not just going to go away. Right. For lots of different reasons, but we'll talk about the two big ones. Yeah. Not everybody's on board. They want to stick with their person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then now, now we're getting somewhere. They want to. <laughs> and simply, they're not going to be able to meet the demand. And they know that. Yeah. We, this has been something that we, we've talked about a few times on this show. And the, the, the fear of running out and where they're going to get it from. But you you support legalization. Yes. Actually, decriminalization. Let's talk about that. My first choice. Mm-hmm. You know, the decriminalization was, was, it wasn't as my first choice because we give some breathing room 
to the really important issue, which we all advocated for since we all got into this, was access. This is about access. Right. Um, for whatever reason, undiagnosed condition doesn't matter. Access. Right. On the access component, the uh, I would have preferred the decrimin. Yeah. Uh, just because I, it would have, again, avoided a lot of this uncertainty. And, um, like, I, I'm not actually, I think it was politically expedient to go one way. Or the, I, I, I'm not sure. I actually haven't really sort of read the, read the research on what, what pushed the, the current government to go with the, to go with the way they, what they were going. But, right. Um, it's not unlike what what Stephen Harper's government planned. I mean, what we have today, I mean, every single legal gram in the country is a product of Stephen Harper's sort of forced resignation to draw up some legislation to create access to cannabis in a industry was born. Right. That's, that's the industry as it exists. So it started today. before Trudeau, in, in your mind? Well, it de- well not, it, not in my mind, it... You look at who the government was when the Supreme Court brought their decision mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. that the government had to draft this legislation uh, for people to access cannabis. Medicinal. Medicinal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so and then you look at who the government was that created that legislation, what mm-hmm. that legislation was, and read the rule book like I have, who wrote that rule book, who yeah. wrote it, and it was, you know... Uh, Stephen Harper's conservative government wrote that book. Mm-hmm. And there's been no changes to it yet. October 17th. Right. So I can't tell from talking to you if October 17th is going to be a day that you curse or is a day where you feel immense relief. Immense relief. <laughs> yeah. Doing, that's like... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. And, and why? Well, it's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, prior to you know my early infancy stages of this uh, uh, vocation, this job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I, I don't think that uh, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, mm-hmm. right? And I think that if uh, the access part was taken care of, and that sort of carrot was gone and people could get their score their 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 bud i don't think there was that that job wasn't there people could access what they needed yeah i, I probably would have moved on to something a lot more interesting <laughs> i mean it was pretty yeah. fun at the time i mean i, I mean it was it was fun it was it was a good time for a young one right? yeah. young kid growing up selling weed it was wicked so i have two thoughts now related to this one is what do you think the impact is going to be on the black market. I mean, you've already indicated that you don't think it's going to kill it completely. I know that's part of the mandate, you know, with the with with the reasoning for for legalization. Uh, to, to get from point A to point B, I, I I feel this is my feeling. I might sound like a complete doofus for saying this, but I think that's political speak for relax. It's just pot. Yeah. You know, I think they've had to make a federal case out of the. Mm-hmm. Out of this mythical, uh, and, and that to me, a person is mythical, this sort of uh, black market. I mean, I had to look up what the black market, I mean, I second-guessed everything about coming 
on this show, second half, third, and fourth guest. Yeah. Um, and did some research. You know, I didn't actually know what the black market was officially. Mm-hmm. So I had to look that up, and I did. And I, I said, oh, yeah, you know, that 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 that's what, what did you learn about what what did it tell you it said you know if you're if you're engaged in economic activity that's illegal you're that's it that's it yeah <laughs> it's pretty easy yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> it but i mean you know i was, certainly wasn't thinking that way mm-hmm. I, I never thought that way I just, but you knew i mean you knew it was illegal yeah oh yeah yeah sure yeah. but you just maybe didn't realize the magnitude of that uh, the connotations that that come up in people's mind, when also in that definition of black market, they go on to list some of the other things that are in black sure, market, like yeah. human trafficking and oh yeah, it's and pretty things ugly. like that. And it's like you know, that's almost what I did think about mm. about the black market. You know, you're into selling heroin and yeah. Not that there isn't a case to decriminalize that, um, but uh, you know you're you're hurting people. You're you're in the business of hurting people. Mm-hmm. You're in the business of profiting off other people's pain. And 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 to me, I guess that's probably always been in the back of my mind. What I thought of the black market, because I never really thought uh, of, of the marijuana industry as hurting anybody. So you never really even realized it's been targeted, it. and people have been hurt. But I don't. I've yeah. never seen the industry as being leading with hurting people you know not four deployed u.s naval aircraft carriers in your harbor are going to blow up your city you know i'm giving you a gram of weed yeah right and you that you want that you like it's funny i i never and i don't mean to say funny as in we're laughing about it but i never considered that someone in your position would not have considered themselves to be in the black market oh uh yeah no i guess uh that you know that i i yeah, consider because there was certainly a time where it was, um, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I guess I don't want to split hairs on that. No, I never yeah. really, I never really, I never really considered that. Although I'm not, I'm not telling you that I wasn't sort of blindly going on, going, oh, we know this, you know, we we, yeah. we had engaged in some serious tactics over the years to avoid <laughs> avoid detection, and we spent a lot of money. I mean, the overhead in running a, a million dollar a year. Uh, pot distribution uh, yeah. setup is 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 considerable. You know, it uh, you if you if you if you if you don't want to mm-hmm. old sayings like you know never stash your hash where you stash your cash where you stash your head type thing. Like, Jeez, these stuff yeah. these this stuff adds up, and then yeah, you know, gas isn't free. Yeah. So so getting back to today, what impact do you think this is going to have on the black market? Well, that, that's uh, a very that requires a very nuanced answer uh, because the black market isn't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Now, like it's totally uh, with the advancements in med- medicinal uh, licenses and uh, all, and an over like a huge amount of product on the market. Yeah, there's an enormous amount of. Of product on the market right now mm-hmm. so, outside of the licensed right producers you mean yeah yeah right now yeah uh, the the licensed producers will uh, want to catch up to them yeah but yeah. they're far from there right now and as i said earlier i think they know that yeah uh they're you know they're monitoring the situation very carefully and i'm sure they have Lots of people who've done exactly what I've been doing my whole life, sort of keeping them in the loop about what's going on 
out in the street. Yeah. Do you think that there's any opportunity for you in the future of cannabis in this country? Um, I... Had you ever thought about that? I I had thought about it at one time, but to be quite honest, I, uh, I, I'm not, I, I find the, I find it a little boring. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And that is, I'm allowed to say that though, right? I mean, yeah, I, you're I, certainly I did, qualified. I did my time. Yeah. I did, I did it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I am actually glad someone else has stepped up to take it over. Yeah. And, uh, I, I hope they, I hope they do really well. I wish them, I wish them well. Is this where the relief comes from? This is where this is, this is the relief. Yeah. You know, uh, you're talking to a guy that actually has had to bump out from an important meeting to make sure his friend wasn't going to have a nervous breakdown type thing. Right. Like really? this is the, this is the bottom line, right? Like, yeah. So what, I mean, my God, what about, uh, thinking about this relief for you is part of it also the idea that you don't have to worry anymore. I mean, you know, there's no more like, um, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, suppose if you were still dealing in the black market, there would be an argument to be made that you should still be worried. But once it becomes legal, in a sense. Uh, well, for any, you know, if, if someone's going to try to, to uh, bull forward in, the, in, in uh, contradicting the, uh, the government, yep. the, the, the criminal the new regulations, as I understand them, yeah. If someone wants to bull forward and and, and contradict themselves, uh, contradict the uh, contradict the, uh, the rules and regulations mm-hmm. that are coming down, uh, it's going to get expensive for them because it's going to get you know, from my reading, it's going to get a lot easier for for the government to intervene when they, sure. when they suspect these things are going on, as you know, uh, when when it's all being managed. Uh, when the when the whole uh, industry is being managed from the criminal code, mm-hmm. uh, the likelihood for successful prosecutions is weighing heavily on any prosecutor or investigating officer's mind. So uh, you know they they stopped you know really going for the full Monty on marijuana trafficking a long time ago. Yeah, um, it's just simply not you know. And for large amounts too, not just for nickels and dimes, but massive amounts of marijuana. Just, really? yeah, but that's the price. That's the real money. So, this is where the uh, the uh, the real rules and regulations to any anyone thinking about moving forward with mm-hmm. going against uh, mm-hmm. the new the new rules and regulations. It's going to be a lot easier for them to hurt that business in the, in the new right in the new in the new. Uh, in the new uh, way of doing things. So in some ways, I mean, even if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is what I just heard you say, is that even if the current black market isn't deterred as much as some might like to believe, it's certainly going to be detrimental to people starting. Right. It's, it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it kind of wipes that out, right? Yeah. So we could argue that in a number of years... That's that's a total mission accomplished. Yeah. There. Like the, the, right. the idea of, say, like a someone coming out of high school and wants to take a year off of university or wants to have some money while they're going to university, whatever, someone starts selling sure. when, they're, when they're young and they haven't made, you know, the big mistake hasn't happened to them and they haven't gotten themselves locked into this mm-hmm. whole thing or they're experimenting or, or, or whatever. That 
that the, the likelihood that the sort of, uh, the, yeah, the cut off at the roots, you know, the people sort of evolving from, from adolescence into young adulthood, mm-hmm. uh, who might want to think about getting in the trade or, or that's, that is, that's it's a massive deterrent that's gone forever and, and, and good and good. That's, I mean, that's a huge, uh, point right there. Like that, I've only ever thought of it, um, from the perspective of stopping what's currently going on, I had not considered stopping the starting at all. And so, again, you could argue, uh, you know, Trudeau would be proud, uh, or whoever, that that. Well, he should definitely be proud for campaigning on it. Yeah, like that. That that was the key difference between the two. Sort of as the government sort of brought this in at the turn of the century to where we are now, eighteen years yeah. later. I don't think. Well, I mean, opinions are always going to be mixed, but uh, I there there is a there is a a strong belief that that uh, in spite of the conservative rhetoric mm-hmm. on keeping pot illegal, many believe that that was not the long term vision, right? And, and and something that they just didn't want to campaign on. Wow. They probably would have handled it differently, but I think at the end of the day. The Supreme Court, when they made their decision, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. And Health Canada and all the people, the experts involved with that sort of mitigating liability and risk. And there's a whole industry of pharmaceuticals. You've got mm-hmm. millions of patients laced out on lots of different pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. And, you know, this is something I have not really heard too many people talk about, but you throw marijuana into that mix and you've got you've got problems, right? So yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're, when I, I wouldn't be in the un- the situation of being a doctor and having to determine which one of their patients yeah, yeah. was good for pot in keeping with the treatment that they've been having for years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, tough decisions. Really tough. Yeah. And not everybody so, knows, right? So kudos to those who've put mm-hmm. in that effort and work. I mean, that's, and and I understand why others have chosen not to. Certainly, certainly, if they had have done the full sort of, you walk into a doctor's office and I think pot will help me. Yeah. Here's your script. Go out. Think if that was the case, if they actually did that eighteen years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to imagine a world where uh, they would make dilated recreational right or any mm-hmm. drug anything that's classified as a pharmaceutical uh, drug I, I can't imagine a single item on the list right once it's on that list uh, so I think it's been a very long hard road it's very complicated and of course people are not not everyone's on board with the sentiment that I'm sharing now. There's a lot of, of medicinal people who are totally terrified they're going to run out of gear. But I don't think I don't think you are, guys. <laughs> um, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, the, if they had of oh yes, I remember now. If they had have uh, made that just a simple flat out, you get. A, prescription from your doctor and the yeah. Canadian Medical Association and the pharma, the doctors all across Canada were all unified and on board with that mm-hmm. 18 years ago. 
I can't imagine a world where they would say, oh, we're just going to make that recreational. Right. So in in a sense, it kind of worked out. Yeah. So what do you think about the way that Canada is doing it? You know, whether it be, you know, not getting in necessarily the provincial differences and how one's distributing over the other, but more specifically the regulation of things. Uh, you know, quality control and the grow ups, distribution models. That what do you think? Well, we the the way the I haven't seen the changes. I haven't seen the application for the micro grow yet. Right. That's going to be a, a game changer. Uh, I, I hope that's still part of the package. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's really needs to happen. You've got craft breweries around town uh that may be just existing on really popular you know really happening spot but you know an economic you know reality is is you know they would love to uh and brand up their own pot right yeah and so they would have to grow their own pot so that that would actually be a huge having a grassroots sort of local I buy my pot from the guy who owns the pub on the corner. I yeah. think that's a real opportunity mm. for the industry, and I hope that it goes that way. Sure. Uh, I think, that, but to, in that I think is as far as the 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 um, the journey from point A to point Z mm-hmm. into getting your license to grow commercially. Not sure that's changed. So much from you mean from how it was before from from the Stephen Harper original right. document where for medicinal the initial five hundred page yeah. application here's your here's yeah. you got to meet all of this criteria mm. I don't think that's changed too much for the big commercial grows right but that might change in the new package as well right uh, uh, there's a, I I kind of stopped looking a few months ago because. Just stop and start and stop and start. And, yeah. You know, when, when July 1st came and went, right. I, my interest in it kind of came and went. It was sure. like, okay, well, we'll look at We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, that seems to be the theme as we've talked about this for so long. You know, there is a big, we'll see what happens component to all of this. Uh, you know, whether it, whether the way one province is, uh, is doing it is better than the way another province is doing it, I guess, I guess we'll find out. I think that's the, the, the uh, the the backroom conversation of the I mean not everyone's in agreement and uh, certainly most people are in actual disagreement in the mm-hmm. way that uh, well I say most people but perhaps not key people mm-hmm. um, our province has taken a very measured approach and I think there's a reason for that for they, sure. they know they don't know exactly what they're what they're in for and I think that it was probably a really good idea to to start small and and see where see where it goes. I mean, it's a it's a different it's a different product. There's different shelf life that's critical in the distribution yeah. system, right? The shelf yeah. doesn't doesn't store the same. It doesn't. You know, it's a different. I mean, it, I mean some people are. I mean, for the controlled release distribution system, the Nova Scotia Liquor Commission has it down cold, but yeah. this is a brand new product for them. Yeah. It's a controlled product. In that sense, it's the same, but it's a completely different product. It's a different, different in and out time. There'll be some learning there. There'll be some learning there. Yeah. But I think, I think starting small for those guys is probably the best, Yeah. the best, the best uh, situation. Um, I, a lot of people think they should have gone like the way Ontario wants to go yeah. with a hybrid system, like, 
So, you know, like, Manitoba instance comes to mind, but, uh, there's, uh, for me, the, the white elephant in the room is the four plants in every house. Oh, yeah. Where we know, you know, that you can yield a pound of weed per plant. So four plants, four pounds, four times 16 ounces equals the amount that you're over the legal limit. I'm not sure how that's all going to work out. And when you throw in the possibility for home invasions, people who are starting to grow and then now, you know, I mean, this is something that we, that's, this isn't news. This is something that's been going on for many, many years. Mm-hmm. People, when they, when they get outed as a spot for, for pot, there's consequences. Yeah. There could be consequences. There's a definitely something that people should think about. And I'm, I'm not sure we've thought that through. Right. I'm not sure we've collectively thought that through as a country, mm-hmm. uh, nor even as a province or, or a municipality, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I had never thought about that. The math, which I'm doing as we speak, this is for 20, this one is four, five, six, 60 grams. That's double the amount that you're allowed in your possession. Oh, it's way more than double. Well, what what is it? Well, isn't it? Is 16 ounces four plants? One ounce is 30 grams. Yeah. One ounce is 28 grams. Yeah, right. And one pound has oh, yeah, yeah, 16, you're right. Yeah, right. 16 ounces. So my math sucks. That's why I don't do math. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> math sucks too, but this is, this is rocket science. It's a cookie cutter thing for me. Yeah. So the, uh, I was never good in math. Yeah. Ever. So the, uh, uh, yeah, perfect business to be in. Right. The, uh, the, uh, no, yeah, no, the, uh, the amount that a person, if they knew what they were doing, could uh, hope to yield off a single plant is 16 times what you're allowed to have right. in your possession. So I guess they make an exception if you're growing your own and they I, don't I qualify don't that? I, I don't know what the, uh, I, don't, I don't know how they're going to go about that. Never know? thought about that. I hope I didn't just rat out the country. No, but, you, you know, <laughs> but you've given me something to think about. Like, I, this is the first time I've heard that come up. So that you're allowed, under the new rules, you're allowed 30 grams, but, but. Under the rules, you're also allowed, you're allowed to grow four plants. Sixteen <laughs> times four. Right? Yeah, interesting. Potentially, we'll know, see how like, that comes up. Potentially, I mean, it, it's not you know, it's not easy to achieve that yield, but it's certainly doable. And right. there's lots of information out there on YouTube for anyone who might want to mm-hmm. to investigate that. But right. uh, there's a particular, you know, there's there's a, that's going to. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. We'll see. I hope nobody gets hurt. That's my, yeah, you know, yeah. I really hope nobody, I hope no one burns their house down. I hope nobody gets home invaded. I hope everybody has a good time. Good luck. Well, you know what? Everybody. That's uh that's a great spot to kind of wrap it up. Uh, because I think if there's any one thing that would be universally true about what's happening, it would be this idea that we hope nobody gets hurt. Absolutely. Well, sir, uh, look, I know that this conversation wasn't necessarily easy for you to have, but I appreciate you having it. It's definitely a perspective we have never had on this show uh, and one that I think a lot of people will enjoy hearing. So, well, thank, thank you very much. I, w- I wanted to, uh, to, uh, to, well, I wanted to say I, I, I listened to all the episodes on this show uh, some some several times. I, very interesting cast of people, very committed, and uh, I applaud everybody uh, who's uh, who's uh, got a stake in this? Who's uh, it's uh, it's an honor to be on this show and uh, and uh, hopefully contribute something to the conversation. For sure. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Wow. Uh, so that was um, interesting. It was definitely a perspective we've not had and certainly one I thought I was ready for. But I have to tell you that watching watching him while we had that conversation was um, was probably the most interesting part for me because when we were talking about the first half of his life and, and his role in the business as a dealer, um, I could see him really thinking, really struggling with how to talk about it. Um, there were some moments there where I thought maybe he wouldn't keep going. But um, when we transitioned into what's happening next and his immediate answer to the question around was this relief or was it fear? And, you know, his thought was this is an immense relief. Um, I could literally see that on him. His reaction to it wasn't just what he said, but it was how he said it. His eyes opened up, His he sat up straighter and he was clearly a feeling the, the relief that's coming from what's about to happen in the country. I mean, in his perspective on the way that it's being done and how is is a good one, and, and he seems to certainly support that. I think the biggest thing that he said uh, in terms of whether or not this this new program is going to work in terms of stopping the black market was, again, a way I had not considered it before. It, it's not so much that it's going to wipe it out by by taking over the business but that it's going to stop it from starting in the first place. So it might take a few years for uh, the black market to really, really diminish, but it won't be from stopping. It'll be because it stops the starting in the first place. And that was uh, a pretty big uh, moment for me. I don't know about the math on the on the plants and the legalization around, you know, how much you're allowed to have, yet what you grow may result in more than that legal amount. But I, again, I have to believe, as I always do, that those things are being considered when the government is making this making this stuff up. So there you go. Uh, certainly a, a, a thought starter um, and a perspective that we'd not have and one that I think I'll remember for a while. And I want to appreciate or I want to thank him uh, for coming in and appreciate the effort that it took for him to uh, to chat through all of that and hope that it helps you uh, in considering kind of what's about to happen and why the changes could be positive uh, in some cases. You're listening to Turning a New Leaf, produced by the Village Soundcast Network. And I'm your host, Sean King. We'll chat soon. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 